Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome. 
Welcome back to the show. It is always such an honor and a privilege to have some of the most pivotal people in my life on the podcast. And today that is Lindsay Sikornik. She is a true sister in my life, shoulder to shoulder in the arena. She is also one of the women that my book, A Tribe Called Bliss, is based off of. And she is the founder of Alive and Awake. She's a unicorn trainer, a transformational leadership expert, a master coach, a writer, a mama of four amazing children. She's living the dream with her family in Costa Rica, in France, and in Canada. And in the surf town where she lives, she guides elite leaders from around the world through transformational activation experiences. That is in Costa Rica. And I have been able to go to her retreats four years in a row now. And they have been truly some of the most life-changing experiences I have ever had because of who she is and the space that she holds and where she holds it. She's completing her first novel and screenplay, The Path of the Unicorn. I cannot wait to read it and to see it. She's a regular Huffington Post blogger. She's often featured as a speaker and expert in the media. She's also a certified professional co-active coach. And she began her career at A.T. Kearney, which is a top-tier global management consulting firm in the elite transformational leadership coaching space for over 15 years. Lindsay has spoken and coached founders and influencers at global events throughout the the world. So you guys, I am so incredibly excited for you to listen in on this conversation because I think that you are not only going to get some wisdom that might really help guide you on your path, but also we talk a lot about how you can have access to the same exact experiences that Lindsay and I have truly felt really transformed our lives, our views, our beliefs, our perspectives, and you get an opportunity to do that too. So stay tuned listen to the entire episode, and let's get started. Lindsay, I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast, not just to have you back on the podcast, but because every single conversation that I have ever had with you has been, honestly, some of the best conversations of my life. So I'm just so glad to have another one. I'm so excited too. We just had such an amazing time at the Bliss Project, your book is out, so many exciting things happening, and I always love collaborating with you and co-creating, and we just always have the most fun, don't we? Always, and you guys, if you don't know, if you did not listen to our previous podcast, uh, you can go back, I'll link that in show notes, but Lindsay is actually in my mastermind, and she's one of the women that I have written my book about, and we meet every other week. For an hour, and we do our uh, every other week mastermind together. We've done that for like four years now. Where did that time go? I have no idea. And I also look back on how much we've all created in that time, and it's incredible. I know it, it is mind blowing. And one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on again was because since meeting you, we have been going to Costa Rica to your retreats for the past, has it been three years, I think? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. three different retreats in Costa Rica. And I will say that they have been the most transformational experiences of my life for so many different reasons. And I really wanted to share that experience with people. And now that you're living there, especially, um, first, I would love if you would take us on that journey of how you even 
decided you wanted to move to Costa Rica and start doing these things? I love this story because I think so many people can relate to it at different points along my journey. And I'm so happy to share the story. And also, I wanted to start out by saying that it doesn't need to look like everybody moving to Costa Rica. That's been my version of the story. But as you've experienced in even just one week's time, you can really plug in, I call it avatar style, to Mm. the magic, to the vitality, to the replenishment, the creativity, the clarity that comes from this place and these experiences that we share. And so my, my journey has brought me here to hold space for other people to come, but it, it literally can happen in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. And that's how my journey started. So I started out in a pretty stressful, high-intensity, elite career out of business school in management consulting. And I really felt like I had won the game, whatever that means, in the sense that getting recruited, getting all this money offered to me, ticking off all the boxes that I thought that I should tick off. And I was really driven at that time by a lot of perfectionism, kind of overachievers anonymous going on over there. And what I was very shocked and surprised by was that even though I had followed all the rules, I had done everything I thought I was supposed to do to chart my path, what I found was that I was deeply unhappy and dissatisfied in this path that I had created. And it took me by surprise. And it was, I felt... I think uh, doubly um, badly about it because I felt like what's wrong with me? I should be happy. I have everything that I thought I wanted. And so there was almost like a double layer of, of disappointment at the time. But luckily, I broke free from that mindset, and I took a huge leap of faith at the time, which was to take a leave of absence from my very safe and, and feathered nest of achievement and of ego satisfaction, and I took time to travel around the world. And travel has been one of, I know you guys travel all the time as well, it has been such a profoundly opening and expansive experience for me every time I've gone anywhere. And from this travel, I started to really study. I've been studying human performance and thriving really since since I was a child, whether through literature or books or studying different leaders, different everybody from the Kennedys to Martin Luther King. I just always had a passion for human behavior. And I started to, of course, people watch as I was traveling around the world. And I noticed that people in different cultures had different sets of values and valued things like work and life and family and uh, gratitude and wellness differently than what I was seeing on Bay Street in Toronto, which is sort of like the Wall Street of Canada where all the bank towers are. And it really struck me, the, the contrast of having what seemed to be very little from a monetary perspective, but yet seeming to have this overabundance of happiness, of joy, of fulfillment, of all these things that we think that money is going to get for us. And uh, it, it really struck a chord for me, the contrast of the two worlds that I, that I was straddling. So I came back and I, this is something we talk a lot about in, in our work and at the Bliss Project and the work that I do, which is really aligning to a higher purpose. And I got clear at that time, I did some work with a coach and I started taking all kinds of different trainings and coach training and emotional intelligence and all these different certifications, neuroscience training. And I got really clear that I wanted to guide people to their ultimate potential, to their ultimate natural highs. And at the time, I didn't even know what it was. I called it being like a guidance counselor, but for adults. 
<laughs> but I really, yeah, I was like, how can we like help people just because we graduate from high school doesn't mean that we, we need to stop getting support. So I aligned with this higher sense of purpose. And I started coaching people and have done that for the last 16 years. And because of my background in business, I started getting asked to go into the same boardrooms that I had left as a consultant, I was getting invited back into as a coach. And so I've really had the opportunity and the privilege for the last 15 years to be invited into the most sacred spaces, the innermost worlds of some of the most powerful leaders, influencers, founders, entrepreneurs in the world. And I've gotten to really understand what makes people tick, what their fears are, what their dreams are, and really be a sounding board and to be able to hold space for them to step into their highest potential. So that was the story from a a professional side of things. But at the same time, I was also traveling initially just with Chris, with my husband, and then as we had children, bringing them into the mix, but continuing with this travel and specifically coming down to Costa Rica. And at the same time, I had this third piece, which was this deep passion for yoga and ultimately mindfulness and spirituality. So I had these three different pieces of passion, I would say, that at the time were very separate, but were each informing my own journey and my own process in such a powerful and profound way that it was all like a spiral effect, kind of a positive spiral of getting grounded and rooted through my spiritual practice, going away and getting perspective and and, uh, inspiration, and also just resetting my nervous system from living in downtown Toronto and living that busy, busy hustle life by coming down to Costa Rica and unplugging. And then the third piece was being able to take the wisdom, the clarity, the practices that I had in these other realms and then sharing them back with my clients in, in the coaching work I was doing in the speaking in the, in the workshops, etc. So I started, I did that for many, many years, about 15 years. And this is the important part that I really would love to share with, with everybody was that once again, just like I had had in, in my early management consulting days, I started to get these whispers from my soul again. <laughs> and it is, One thing that I can say looking back, if I could offer this to anybody listening, is listen to the whispers. And for me, it started out with just a general feeling of, first of all, elation when I would come down to Costa Rica on vacation and that feeling of like, I've come home. Like, these are my people, this is my place. And this could be a place you go on vacation. It could be uh, just a new group of friends you're hanging out with. It could be, I know you guys go to Soul Cycle. It could literally be anywhere. But just listening to those indications of this is resonating for me. I belong here. This This is expanding me and this is making me feel good. It's as simple as that. Does this make me feel good or not so good? It's really as simple as that. And then I ultimately had um, some experiences, and, and this is, again, I'll share this because I know some people can relate because they've shared stories with me. Of On my last day, I always remember my last day of vacation. I would be here initially for just a week and then a couple of weeks, and then I slowly expanded to a month a year. And I remember the first time I came for a month, and I was here alone with the kids for the full month, and Chris was in crazy startup mode. So that's another thing people say, oh, I can't go because my partner can't go. So my my invitation to people is to try to just be really creative about 
how you can try to do things in a capacity that works for you. So for me, it really looked like coming down here with my mom and we were these two jungle women from Northern Ontario and we would come down here and plant ourselves with the monkeys and the iguanas and these four babies and let the, the kids run wild all month. And I was lucky to have my work was mobile. So I was able to have clients call me down here. I would also do a lot of my writing and things during that time. And I would pre-plan a lot of the creative work. So that's another question I get a lot is about working remotely and how can you do it and how can you do it with kids? And then Chris would come down with my dad when they could. And they would come down for a week or two weeks. And, um, and we just figured it out for a while like that. And I remember the first time I came for a full month, I was at my last yoga class on my last day. And I was lying in Shavasana, which is that corpse pose at the end of the practice, which is really a nice form of meditation. And I, the teacher said, just think of one thing you're grateful for. And I remember I just had this flood of emotion, of gratitude. And in my head, I was like, everything, this whole place, this whole country, this whole community. And it was through my tears and my deep well of emotion that I got real clarity that I needed to spend more and more time down here. So um, this whole journey for us has been really one of leaping into the unknown and making it up as we go. And then ultimately listening to the whispers of, of our souls, but also taking the actions required. So for example, with our retreats, you were asking about um, how we got started and how we ended up down here. Initially, I just came here as my own healing place, and it was the most profoundly healing place for me for about 11 or 10 or 11 years. And then I got this knowing that as I was transitioning my career, it was time to integrate all of the separate parts of what had been very separate for me in my life before being the, the coaching and the positive psychology work I'd been doing in a very corporate setting, plus the mindfulness and movement piece, plus the travel. And I got this, again, these insights, intuitions, guidance, however we want to articulate it, which was bring them down here. And at the time it was, okay, it's time to do a retreat. So I heard this, this, intuition and this knowing and as most good intuitions go I, I was terrified and thought I have no idea I have no idea how to run a retreat I have no idea how to do any of this stuff but and I know a lot of your listeners also are thinking about doing these types of events and whether it's a one-day off-site or a retreat or a week-long and again I just made it up as I went and trusted that that the right people the right questions would arise as, as they were meant to. And, um, and that's, that's basically how we got to, to where we are. And, and as I continued to step into my fear and trust at every step, the uh, most incredible, beautiful people showed up being you guys mm. and the magic has unfolded since then. Mm. Oh, I love hearing that story. And the one thing that I absolutely, there's always this one clear line about you that always comes through that has been so inspirational to me and it's also been something that I've adopted because of watching you is that you are so willing to go to that fearful place and to that place where things feel counterintuitive to what they should be. Like, why am I getting mm -hmm. this 
call to do this completely opposite thing or wow there's a lot of darkness over there I'm going to dive in head first (laughs) I love that about you and you know it's given me permission so I want to go there in a minute but what it's done for me Uh is it's made me realize that that dark thing or that totally counterintuitive thing is not scary it's like I I used to have and I know I've there's so many people on this podcast, same exact thing, right? Fears are our biggest block typically. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're so afraid to go there because we don't know if we can handle it or we don't know what's on the other side. So what mm-hmm. makes you always such like this insane warrior going straight for the fear and straight for the thing that's opposite <laughs> of what seems logical? Uh, I'm laughing because I'm like, it's so true. I'm crazy when you say it like that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, I call it good crazy, though. I like to think of it as good crazy. So <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I actually have more insight about this in the last little while. I struggled with anxiety my entire life mm-hmm. up till my mid-20s. And, and it still likes to rear its head every now and then with me. And I, I developed this habit When I was in my, I think I was maybe even in my early 20s or maybe even before, and I used to challenge myself to do one thing a day that scares me because I was living in kind of a chronic state of terror with anxiety, like the what ifs and the how, you know, all of that worrying and rumination. And so I developed this practice of instead of being limited by my fear or allowing it to control me, I remember I had this pivotal moment where I changed my perspective on fear and I changed the way that I looked at it and I changed the way, the meaning that I made about it. So instead of thinking like, oh my God, this is scary. What could happen? Those thoughts would arise. I really looked at it as excitement. Mm -hmm. So I, I simply replaced the the word fear with excitement. And it sounds simple, but it's not easy. And then I also replaced the body sensation of knots in my stomach, which was quite common. And I decided that instead they were butterflies of excitement Mm. guiding me that this, and I used, I have this mantra that I say is like this way to the good stuff. If you follow us, this is where the good stuff is. And it's so interesting in hindsight now to be able to see, and I think this is how life goes. We see the path only in in hindsight as opposed to knowing where we're going in the moment. Mm -hmm. But that habit of reframing fear as an opportunity, and now there's all this research around growth mindset and flow states and all of this amazing research that's basically explaining this practice that I've, I've had for a long time. And, um, And so reframing fear as an opportunity for growth, as an opportunity for aliveness, one of my greatest uh, values is to learn and to grow and to experience all that life has to offer. And so for me, being stagnant and, and still, not from a place of rest and stillness, I'm actually really good at that now, I've practiced that, but from a place of, um, of not learning, of not growing, of not expanding in a natural way that to me is like death it's like a pond that has no fresh water coming into it and ultimately it gets there's nothing can grow in there and so for me the fear and the it's not adrenaline in an adrenaline junkie kind of way even though I do like a lot of different sports that that are a bit more uh, adventure uh, in nature but it's there's aliveness there and there's energy and I'm actually just literally right now reading this book on on flow state which I've been studying for many many years since 2008 I started really looking into it 
and they really correlate uh, Stephen Kotler's work about flow state in extreme athletes. And there is a direct correlation between stepping into fear or out of a comfort zone and into novelty situations that helps to trigger flow states, mm. which help us to focus intently, to be infinitely more creative, to tap into um, solutions, problem solving, and creation at what can be perceived as almost superhuman levels. Mm. So it's so fascinating to me now to think about as we step into our fears, as we do the thing we think we cannot do, as Eleanor Roosevelt said, it's actually helping us to not only discover what's on the other side, but create our own realities. So for me, it was literally stepping into my fear of not having a clue how to live in Costa Rica, educate my kids, bring groups down here, teach yoga in a way that I have, I've never taught movement before. And it allowed me to tap into creative resources, to um, new modalities, new ways of communicating that I didn't even know were possible before that. So I think it's really a beautiful practice to encourage people to get, and it can be baby steps. It doesn't need to look like moving to Costa Rica, but it's, it could be, you know, talking to that one new person at your spinning class, or it could be, I have many people who actually just recently have two clients, two different clients who just launched their very first workshops. Mm. I'm getting goosebumps right now because I'm so proud of them. And so, you know, they were afraid and they're into this new area that they're developing and, and they just did it. They, they put the word out there, they created it, and both of them were huge successes. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's really exciting to step into our fear. Mm. I love that you were just talking about flow state, because I think a lot of people, including myself, I can actually pinpoint back to about a week ago. Um, and even right now with having to write a talk in like two days thinking, oh, mm -hmm. it needs all this space, it needs all this time, I need to feel this way, it needs to look this way. And it's like the very thing that we think that we need could actually be blocking us like that story around I need this yes. it needs to look this way and you're actually blocking yourself from if you had faith and handed yourself over to almost yeah. know that it's like always accessible so how do yes. you how do you allow yourself to kind of lean in have faith and just say wow this is not how I thought it would look this isn't feeling how I thought I'm still in fear to get into that flow state that is is there for us at any time Oh, I love that question. That is such a good question. So my new obsession, which is everything I'm writing about, thinking about, talking about, is hustle in flow. Mm. I actually believe that we can transcend these old beliefs and patterns that I am totally a product of. I grew up in that FaceTime, how many hours can you work? And it was like this badge of honor. I remember I used to look at my calendar when I was first building my business and be so excited about it. it was so full you know I had so many appointments and I was so busy and so important because everybody wanted me and then I ultimately reached a point of almost burnout and, and this idea of driving and driving and driving ourselves it can get us so far and it's very highly rewarded and recognized specifically in North American society and maybe Western Europe but ultimately, it's not sustainable. And I think that most people who are as driven as I certainly was and, and many people I work with, most people I work with are, can attest to, it's not a sustainable strategy. And ultimately, you're not necessarily tapping into your highest potential. Mm. 
And that's what really intrigues me is this quantum leap of not only fulfillment, happiness, joy, passion that I believe is what fuels us, but also to the impact and the level and magnitude of impact we can have out in the world. So it's this it's it's a complete mind shift away from the harder I work, the more suffering I endure, the more I, I push myself to the point of extreme exhaustion, the better. And what I learned, this is what I learned from my time down in Costa Rica, my time in my physical practices of yoga, my spiritual practice, meditation, etc., was that less is more. And it's not the, the quantity of work we're doing, but instead it's the quality. And I love what you just said about your talk, because I know you've experienced this, um, and I think I think you've shared it publicly, so I hope you don't mind if I share it again. Go for it. But, Okay. Okay. So my experience of coming down to Costa Rica and, and stepping away, and I also have a cottage that I go to in Northern Ontario for the summers, is that when I get into nature, when I get away from the noise of my everyday life, and we have a very busy life, especially when we were back in Toronto, but getting into nature, getting into silence, getting into stillness, rooting into practices like for me now, it's a morning walk on the beach, or it's a morning surf session, or it used to be a morning run, or any kind of physical activity that gets your blood flowing. So these rituals, now it's it's a, a meditation. For now, it's a seated meditation for me, but it used to be more of a walking or a moving. I wouldn't have even called it a meditation at the time. But these are what would not be considered to be, quote-unquote, productive activities, according to old me of, you know, 15 years ago or 20 years ago. But what I found was that after I do these practices and get into nature, quiet my mind, get into stillness, sometimes it looks like turning on music and dancing and singing, and I know you love to dance, and that's one thing that we share, that when I go to sit down to do my creative work, it pours out of me. Mm. And that's the flow state. And I remember you sharing that you had written some incredible chapters of your book down at, at one of the retreats that you were at. And I've seen it enough times in myself, in all of the people who have come down and in all of the research that I've done, that that's not by accident, mm -hmm. that we can actually tap into infinitely greater levels of creativity, of focus, of productivity, by stepping away from the busyness of our lives, away from the noise, allowing our nervous systems to quiet and getting into the inspiration of nature, the calming effects of, of being um, in these practices of, of mindfulness, of movement, nature, and quiet. And then that's when we really have the disruptively game-changing ideas and, and creations that come out of us. I was just reading, uh, I think it was in Sean Acor's new book about nature. Actually, it is scientifically proven that it opens up your mind to new ideas and new perspectives. So, or yes. wa and walking in nature, especially in, you know, that's something that I love about traveling, about going to Costa Rica, about getting in the jungle, about getting outside. And one of the things is I, I don't even know how to explain what happens when you go somewhere that's totally new and into an environment mm -hmm. talking about Costa Rica again, when we go down to these retreats, um, you know, because the first time that I went, I was like, what can really like, how transformative can this be? Cause I'd been to mm -hmm. so many self-development events and it was like just the fact that you're in a completely new environment 
that you're opening up to kind of this idea that nature is always doing its thing without even having to do anything. Like you could actually just Mm -hmm. surrender in nature, in the jungle, and you would transform in that week's time. So that alone, having that knowing and that belief around that kind of setting that intention around that, um, was huge for me. And then also Mm -hmm. just what you have us go through, what you have us doing. The perspective that I come back with every single year is it's like, I don't even know what I'm going to come back with. And something profound happens that completely changes the course of my life or the way that I think about my life for the entire Mm -hmm. next year until the next thing. And then the next thing. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know how that happens every year. So can you explain (laughs) that to me? I can, I can. I remember, (laughs) I remember the first year we we did it. And I remember the incredible, profound transformation that happened for every single person on the retreat, as well as for the the group as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I remember at the end of that retreat thinking, oh my God, this will never happen again. This was like a one-time thing. (laughs) I have felt that way about my stuff, yes. (laughs) I think I'm like 10 retreats into it and it happens every single time Mm. in slightly different ways. But it's really this beautiful gift that that has come to all of us to co-create what has is I see it's both an art and a science and so my brain works very much in a left brain and a right brain way and so I draw from all the research all the studying all the years of studying human behavior and we create these containers of body, mind, spirit so the morning movement the meditation we're in nature I'm tapping into what not only I've experienced, it was 100% experiential from my process. It's what I've observed and, and led thousands of people through in my career. And it's also what the research shows works. So I, there's a reason that I get all these superstar, beautiful people out of their comfort zones in their offices, in their suits, in their, you know, all of this. And we get them into novel situations. So just getting on a plane getting people out of their comfort zones. It gets them instantly into a growth mindset. It gets them into play. It gets them into discomfort. So again, all these triggers for what you're describing of of massive breakthroughs, massive transformation, automatically start to happen. Then we get into nature and we start to let what's no longer necessary, the noise of the everyday world starts to get get pulled away from us and it, it gets absorbed back into the jungle, into the ocean on our surfboards and we add in the elements of play, of movement. And movement, I know you're a very huge, huge advocate for movement, as am I, because I realized that as as recognized and rewarded as I'd always been for my my mind and my intellectual capacity, that I needed to actually lose my mind and get out of my head. And the way that I could do that for me was only through movement. It was through running. It was through yoga. It was through swimming. And I realized, again, that that doing a lot of the work I'd been doing for many years was very cognitively based. It was a lot of stuff around mindset. And I think that's extremely important work to do. But I think it's only one of many facets. And so that's why we get everybody into their bodies into their, um, again, into the surfboards, into the, we have all different kinds of modalities. That's, again, there's method to the madness. And as well, the spaciousness, the open time to just connect with, you know, we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with. And things like happiness, things like obesity, things like um, 
mindset are contagious. We know this from neural, neural mirror, um, mirror neurons. So these, there's a reason we get together with these tribe of incredible people. We get inspired. And then we also have space built into the week. So we're not running from meeting to meeting and call to call. So we have time to read, to reflect, to journal. And that's when we tap into the stillness that can really allow these profound transformations to happen. And all of this is, of course, wrapped in a giant ball of fun and play and dance and lightness because I also, and also research shows, know that when we play and when we have fun, everything can go way faster and way more smoothly, especially when it comes to transformation. We, we talk about spiritual growth and transformation, and I know you are a huge believer in this as well. Like it doesn't need to be so hard and so significant all the time, right? We can have some fun and some playfulness and it's also work. There's no question about it, but really I think if we can find the funny, have some fun along the way, then it makes the entire process unveil. So that's kind of the science or the, the methodology behind it. And then we leave space for the art and the magic because when we just surrender to these callings, the always the perfect people show up in the perfect combinations. And it's it always, I'm in awe and wonder and delight the entire time that these things are happening because I plan and I plan and I plan. And I remember the very first time that you guys showed up and we had planned meticulously the opening night and, and welcoming everybody. And then the sea turtles arrived to lay all their eggs and we canceled everything. And Mother Nature had a whole different plan. And we loaded everybody into these cattle trucks to drive to this beach to watch t like thousands of mama turtles laying their eggs. And it was one of the most profound and beautiful experiences of my entire life. And everybody that was able to witness it, it was that alone. And that was like the first hour of the first day. So we can plan and we can create containers. And then there's also back to that word flow. There's that surrender to the magic that's available when we actually let go of our plans and throw what we think should happen and our expectations, kind of throw them out the window and see what's actually available to us if we stay present and agile and, and open to receiving what's, what's all around us. Mm. So, Yeah. I love that you just said, you, just talking about what you think should happen, because for me, a lot of the transformation at, at the retreats is, um, it's in every single moment of looking at my brain saying to me, this is what you should look like, or why, why are you being so resistant to who you know that you are and all of these shoulds, or this feels weird, or, you know, all of these different things are coming up because it's your I'm, you're still wrapped in this other identity that does not match with who your soul is actually telling you to be. Like it's all these moments of, Hey, I want to go dance too, or I want to go and do that too, or I want to beat on that drum too. And then it's like, yeah, but what if I'm not good? Or what if this looks funnier? Or what if I'm not a good dancer? What if I can't let go? Or, or, you know, it's not feel, it's like, we know who we are. And that's the funny thing is when you get into the jungle too, is it's just amplified. Like you just want to play. You want to have fun. You want to just be able to feel free. Like that freedom is calling you. And yet all of these restraints from, it feels like when you're in the jungle from the other world are still like shackling you. So those are some of the most profound things that happen for me is all of these shoulds that come in. So why are we so resistant to be ourselves? 
Mm, that's such, such a good question. And I, I think obviously, I think some of it, most of it is from evolution, right? We don't want to be shunned. We don't want to be kicked out of the herd. We don't want to be left behind if we stand out too much. But that's kind of an outdated ancient fear. And it can also really get in the way of us stepping into our highest potential and doing the work we're meant to do here because it can be risky and it can be vulnerable to step on a stage to speak or to open, create a new business that maybe hasn't even been done before. Maybe it hasn't been done in the circles that you travel in. And all of these things that that have us step into our highest potential may feel like we're having to let go of who we thought we were or who everyone else in our circles has thought we were. And so it's really coming here. I love that you brought that example of the drumming or whatever it is that, and I purposely curate experiences that I think will be new and different for people because what it does is it's almost like a ninja training ground of if I can try on being different in this context, how can I bring that back? And again, maybe it's as simple as wearing a slightly different outfit to work on Monday, but one that expresses who I am a little bit more. Or maybe it's outing myself as being um, somebody who's really passionate about fitness and wellness in my very corporate office setting. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's, or maybe it's, you know, telling my family that, um, there's a certain part of me that I'm really excited about expressing that I haven't shared before. So what we do is we create this safe space. And that's one of the things that's most important to me is creating that safe space for people to really let go of and, and strip away what's no longer serving as it's ready to go. That's not to force yourself. Like I'm never going to be that way again. It's really a gentle revealing of of who you really are at this moment and it's an opportunity as you know I'm a big believer in just observing and being aware as opposed to judging ourselves like why do I always do this or why am I always that way it's really a a path of of compassion towards ourselves self-compassion so that we can just observe patterns habits behaviors and now start to discern is that how I still want to be going forward or am I ready to try on something new like anything from being a wild drumming woman or, you know, wearing a purple shirt to work on Monday? I don't know. And it's really just creating that safe space to to generate self-awareness. And the transformation is, by definition, it's, it's a change. So in that change, we learn to let go of, to release things that are not true for us anymore. And at the same time, I like, I have this recently, I've been having this analogy of, of like shedding a snake skin, like it's no longer serving us. We can just let that go. And then the shiny layer that's right underneath can really shine. And it might even be a different color, or a different pattern, who knows, but there's an allowing of what's no longer needed, allowing it to just be left behind and it will nourish the earth behind it. And so that's, to me, that's what happens. And and I think uh, it can be very vulnerable as we're stepping into new ways of being. And sometimes our closest people, our family, our people in our work circles are often the last ones to really necessarily understand what we're doing or buy into it because they may even have an attachment to us staying the way we were. You know, maybe it serves them in, in some way for us to not change. So there's also a huge opportunity to I know this this happens again when we immerse ourselves into a tribe of people who are like-minded who are like-hearted 
who are on a similar path of joy, of transformation, of growth, and of service, it becomes our new normal. And then we get charged up with our inspiration, with our grounding, with our community, with our tribe, so that we can go back into our other lives. And this is reality too. It's all reality. We create our own realities wherever we are. So we go back to our other lives and we just show them how we are. We don't need to change everybody all at once. We just go back and we, as Gandhi said, we be the change. Mm-hmm. But we do it now with this whole tribe of beautiful people cheering us on and, and supporting us. And also this imprinted experience of having stepped into the unknown, of having tried new things, of allowing our spirits to shine, about allowing fun and passion and joy to be the drivers of what we do, even when we have to do tough things. It can still be from a place of exploration and curiosity and ultimately love. Mm, That's so beautiful. Um, What is most exciting for you right now? Mm, Oh, I have, I would say two things at this exact moment are most exciting. The first is the um, Alive and Wake Unplugged group coming in at the end of April and bringing another group to the jungle and so excited to have that event happening. And the second thing is finishing my book. So writing a lot of this beautiful uh, conversation that we're having, getting it into my book, Path of the Unicorn. So those are my two greatest excitements at this moment in time. So you guys, the three of us, Danette, Lindsay, and I, who are in that that mastermind that we do every other week, we have all kind of been on this book journey at the same time. And that in itself has been so incredibly profound, especially to do all together. And I feel like we've been able to make our own story around what it really looks like to write a book because... I don't know about you, but I used to hear like it was so painful and it's awful and it's this horrible thing. And I wanted to change that story around it. And just watching you after watching Danette and I, I feel like you are just in pure joy, like in your bliss writing this book. Yes, I want to share this because thank you for saying that. That that has been such um, proof of this lifestyle because I, I do. I come in from my practices and surfing and movement and yoga and I sit down to write and it, it, I can't keep up with my fingers typing so fast on the computer. And I, I'm hearing all these intuitions and, and ideas coming into my mind. And, and so it really, for me, has been the culmination of a lot of this, this work that I've done in my own life and that I've learned about. It's, it's like almost like the proof case of it. And also acknowledging that with four kids and writing, there are a lot of stories that could be made up about it being hard and, and it is a challenge. And I, I guess I'll share my process that while I'm so excited about it, it's also been a deeply humbling um, practice and also cultivating patience to trust that one step at a time, one day at a time, one hour at a time, just doing our work in the world and, and creating as we're able to create in the context of all the beautiful chaos of life and kids and other commitments and, And as you said, just doing my best to go back to the joy that's at the core of feeling aligned with with serving in the way that I'm called to serve in this lifetime. Yeah, I love that you say that, too, because I I don't necessarily know if people from the outside would be like, really, that's your bliss? Because it looks like you're having a challenging time. But at the same time, it's really it's really all of the perspective and the support and the story that you've created around it. So, you know, while, Mm -hmm. yes, we have all had really challenging times through writing this book and especially with you with timing and with your children and, and with 
everything that you have going on, but it's just what story are you going back to? What are you always pulling from? So I love that you share that. So about your retreats, because that is one of the most exciting things in my life. And I get one of the biggest reasons I wanted to have you on is because I get so many questions about what is that retreat that you always talk about in everything. It's always through your book. It's through everything when you speak about it, because it's been such a checkpoint for me every single year. So I know that you have one coming up and then you have one in November. Can you, can you share a little bit about those? Absolutely. So this one in April is called Alive and Awake Unplugged, and it's April 28th till May 5th. And this is an opportunity to come down here and integrate body, mind, spirit. And really, this one is all about unplugging and going into stillness and taking that time to recharge. So that is going to be amazing. And then the next one is My Founders and Influencers is happening November 10th to the 17th. And this is for people who are really kind of more of a mastermind model and creating a lot of space for within the week. We're going to have a lot of the activities around movement, around mindfulness, but also creating some space for things like if people are writing a book or if they're wanting to update some of their content, they're going to have a group of other founders and influencers who are really doing amazing things in the world coming. That's the one that you and Chris have been on and many other beautiful, amazing game changers out there. So coming down here to really plug into the tribe, have an amazing time, get refocused on what they're creating next and have some time to actually do some of that creating while they're here. Mm, Linz, where can we find you, follow you and find your info on all of your retreats? Aliveandawake.com is my website. You can follow me at Lindsay Sikornik on Instagram and on Facebook. And I would love to hear from anybody who's interested and share this incredible experience with anybody who's able to make it down here. You guys, if you are ready, and this is, if you're kind of getting those things that we have been calling a soul hit, that I've been calling a soul hit, that... Um, you know, Lindsay and I have always said you really should follow those, especially if it's a big soul hit, you have to go and check it out because something is probably calling you to be unearthed or to come through or just to be more you and get more joy out of your life. And I know that's been huge for me with these retreats. So Lindsay, thank you so much. I just want to acknowledge you as not only my sister in this world, shoulder to shoulder, but just who you are and how you serve so big and bold. And I'm so grateful for you. Mm, Thank you. And I'm so deeply grateful for you. I'm inspired by your book. I've got goosebumps as I think about it. And it's been my greatest delight to have you guys down here and to see your massive transformation in everything that you're doing in the world. So thank you. Mm, I love you. And you guys, if you love this episode as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye.
Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back. And I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. 
and it has an awesome digital journal and people love it. Growth Days Digital Journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, all I'm so excited to share with you. Earn Your Happy is now part of Growth Day Podcast Network. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and support shows and brands that we truly believe in. And one of my friends is also on the network and I'd love for you to go subscribe to his show. You guys, Trent Shelton has the most incredible podcast. It's called Straight Up with Trent Shelton. And it's going to remind you that you are built for this. I have heard Trent speak in person multiple times. I've listened to his podcast a ton. He's coming on the show and I literally cannot wait because this man just spits straight fire. It is like truth that goes to your core and makes you take action right away. If you want one of those podcasts that when you're just out on a walk, you can't help but want to start running and run through a wall in your life, this is the show to go listen to. So you guys make sure that you go subscribe to the show straight up with Trent Shelton. You're going to love it.